0: Welcome to the Now Final Battle here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we take a look at the happenings in the markets, what really started out, I thought we might pull it off and see some green on the screen from our corn, didn't last very long, at least through the midday, and then things kind of took a, a turn to the south. We're going to find out what's happening within this market trade on a Friday from Sue Martin. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And let's start there. Corn over the midday, we did see some light buying. I thought maybe we could pull it through and, and see a high to the close, but it didn't happen.
1: No, it didn't. Corn, uh, the December managed to pull off a quarter of a cent higher close. I was hoping that we'd close over three seventy and a quarter because then we could have had a higher weekly close. And having made a lower low this week, that would have indicated a, a push higher next week. But that didn't occur. And, of course, um, you know, corn kind of had the opportunity to do so. Uh, we're seeing some uh, uh, option expiration here today on the December futures, and so hanging around that 370 mark uh, allowed for pretty much all the call option premium to go uh, to worthless and took in a, a, a little bit of a chunk of the put option as well, but there were a large amount of puts that did go in, that were in the money that did uh, exercise into futures contracts. So uh, that leaves a short position into the uh, market here, a little more heavier, and I wonder if that won't solidify the market here and give us a chance that the futures try to lift. The other side of the coin is, though, you do have first notice day a week from today on December corn, and therefore, and it's on D-Sweet as well, all wheat contracts and on the meal and the soy oil. But I'm wondering if we won't start to see a rollout occur. In fact, we've seen a little bit of it here today, but I'm wondering if we aren't going to start to see uh, positioning uh, rolling away from DEES and moving into March or May. And so that could put some support under those uh, other contracts that were so soft today. It was just a day where we just didn't have much news and, of course, the bean market was under pressure because of the forecast calling for rain in South America, so that wasn't helping the cause there. And then again, you know, we've got uh, the wheat market strong, um, remaining dry weather in in parts of western Kansas, and uh, you look at uh, the wheat market and it's trying to firm up. They're supposed to have some moisture, but I don't know how much moisture they're going to actually get, so... Wheat, uh, Chicago wheat, remained firm. That's the one that's catching some uh, in export business. And then you've got Minneapolis wheat, where 40% of that crop is feed quality, and it's having to compete uh, trying to be a feed, So, uh, because that's where that needs to sift into. So you've got the Minneapolis losing ground to KC and Chicago, and especially to Chicago in a big way.
0: As you look at the... Uh- South America, as you talked about where they're at and they're planting progress, and obviously the rains that are moving in. Are they starting to set into their rainy season
1: at this point? Well, they're to catch some rains, and both the GFS and the European models are in, in agreement that there's better chances of rain now as we move through uh, into the end of the month than the first week of December. So these rains, as they come through, if they are what you'd call a little bit on the um, heavier side, they're predicting two to four inch rains. If they catch that in uh, Argentina and in Mato Grosso and Gias and Minas Gerais in Brazil, that's going to hit some areas that have been dry and need the rain. That's kind of keeping a lid on the market here for now. But if these rains don't materialize as aggressive as they were saying or expecting as we move into December, We're going to start to have some attention, I think, by the trade. What are you seeing or what are you hearing when it comes to
0: basis in the countryside?
1: Well, the basis is pretty firm, especially in the eastern Corn Belt. Uh, Basis is very, very strong in the eastern Corn Belt. I even had um, one entity um, tell me he had a fair amount of beans on hand, and a large commercial needed those beans and offered him free DP all the way through October 31st of this next year. That's pretty interesting. Uh, but on the same token, those beans are going to be gone and they can hedge them on the board, uh, the the adverse side or the opposite side. I'm also hearing, you know, prices running five to seven cents premium over the board. So the basis in the Corn Belt, in the Eastern Corn Belt is actually very good. But in the Western side, basis maybe not so bad on corn, not so great in beans, 80, 90 under in beans. But on corn pretty decent yet here what it's doing is it's the uh weather of uh the talk of of rain coming in south america and what have you that is causing the the markets to just stabilize here and hold um rather than because ethanol plants are needing corn farmers aren't being such willing sellers yet and so that and the ethanol is making money they're back in the black So consequently, that too is putting a little bit of a support under this corn market. And that's uh, probably given us a reason that we're not seeing the normal um, market depreciation that you would normally see when you're in that last part of harvest.
0: And then looking at that last part of harvest, what are you hearing for dry down issues? As propane, we know in the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin still seems to be on the short side.
1: Well, the propane shortage hit in Illinois this week, and um so they're having an issue. I talked to clients this morning up in uh, South Dakota, and they're waiting to get propane. They can't dry so but while they they have other corn that is dry, so they're able to haul it you know to to the elevator if they're going to um, but basically uh the dry down I hear a lot of corn in the 24 to 21 20 percent range right in there there's a deal where even in indiana i heard where poet was offering to um, offer free drive
0: the ground folks we have more coming up it's the fontanelle final bell on the borough radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Lettlefield. We continue our conversation with Sue Martin of Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Looking at, uh, before we jump to the livestock side, looking at the where we're sitting on export, Sue, I know that we saw a pickup. You talked about it a little bit in the wheat. But if we just kind of hit this doldrum point, not
1: a lot of export talk being talked about. Well, there isn't. It is thought that um, we'll see exports start to pick up on corn because out of Brazil, the safrinha, the second crop of corn, uh, is the one that they usually have a bigger export uh, picture for, and that's winding down now. So now the U.S. will become more competitive and more popular as we go from here on through March. And then you'll have Argentine corn coming back at us right about that time and then the Brazilian Safrina corn later on. So, it's, um, the U.S. corn export picture should start to pick up. In the meantime, we look at um, uh, the livestock export picture and, of course, the hog information yesterday was very surprising. The number was very, very good going to China. Uh, but, then, and the market, of course, responded real quickly and rallied sharply only to turn around and just kind of water back down. But it was because they realized that these were adjustments since the 1st of January of 2019. In other words, we've been sending uh, pork to China all along. They just weren't reporting it interesting
0: as you as you look at that, and obviously, and as China continues to be a discussion, all the issues with Hong Kong going on, is it just going to continue to kind of play the undertone for these livestock markets,
1: specifically the hogs? Well, I think so. I think that uh, for the hog market we 've gotten hogs oversold enough now we know we have more numbers coming as we go through December, but um, We know that um, this has really put a little support here. The market's been extremely oversold. Our three-day moving average is sitting on top of the lower Bollinger Band. Usually, that's a sign the market's getting ready for a turn, if nothing else, a correction. In the meantime, you know, beef demand is very, very good. And, you know, and I even think domestic demand for pork is good. So, pork's cheap. And when you look at beef... Well, we've had a hard break here today. Uh, the market tried to break down. We had new lows for the month put in on the uh, April-Junes, but the February did not. And we have an inside week on uh, February cattle. We closed lower for the week, but last week you had a higher high closing lower. Normally would portend you'd take that week's low of 123.12 12 out. We could not get that done today. So that makes me wonder. We did close under the 20-day moving average on the cattle, but and that's the first time we've been under the 20-day average ever since we came over it uh, back on, what, September 10th, 11th, right in there.
0: You know, these hogs, I mean, excuse me, these cattle, the feeder cattle kind of led the way today on the lower. You talked about the box beef taking a drop. That must not have been a, a helping factor at all for these cattle.
1: Well, the box beef did drop. It's down about $9 from a week ago. And the feeders did lead the way down. But feeders have been the leader in this market for some time. You know, earlier they led the market up, then they led the market down into the September lows, and then they led us up out of here. So The market's been kind of a front-runner for feeders have been front-running the fats. Normally, you'll see fats, the cash market, firm as you go through Thanksgiving and I think that's kind of what we've got going, but I will say if we can keep some weakness here in this cattle market into about, oh, I want to say December 5th to maybe the 9th, somewhere in there, you'll have a 90-day cycle low due on uh, December 9th uh, from the last low that we had in September and that should strike a bottom anyway seasonally that's a very good seasonal time for bottoms in cattle.
0: I thought it was interesting I saw a commodity comment earlier today that said this Friday trade feels like a Monday.
1: I don't know it was pretty (laughs) dull except for the action in the cattle you know yes that Monday's have been active and today was pretty active in the cattle hogs weren't doing too much they had an early rally but they didn't do a whole lot but you know and then the grains other than chicago wheat you know that one was up nine cents at one time closed up six and a quarter six and three quarters seven cents but it was a quiet day otherwise how does that set
0: the tone for next week because we have a shortened trade week with thursday being thanksgiving uh, markets close then early a week from today as well
1: well, I think it's going to set the stage that uh, we'll start getting into these holiday m- modes and markets will move quick and then they'll go kind of quiet. The one thing I've got to say is I believe these ag markets are setting up the stage to take us by surprise. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number's 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a wonderful holiday coming up this next week. Thanks so much, Sue. Just a reminder that commodity futures and options involve
0: substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your favorite podcast. It's a Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.